Welcome to the Teaching with Inquiry live podcast replay, fitting it all together to make inquiry-based learning accessible, practical, and fun for both teachers and their students. Here's your host from madlylearning.com, Patty Firth. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Teaching with Madly Learning. Today, we are going to be talking about the month of June and how this month is probably going to change the what digital teaching looks like once again. So we as teachers are faced with June and all of the things that are happening there. Engagement is dropping. Outside is beautiful. It is going to be harder and harder to keep our students engaged in the learning that is happening in our classrooms. And add on top of that, that many parents are going back to work right now as provinces begin to open up social distancing. So with parents going back to work and leaving home, it means that there's going to be less and less support for our students. So when we're looking ahead for June and planning for what that's going to look like, we're going to have to get a little bit creative on how we can plan engaging activities that are also flexible enough to allow students and their families the time they need to adjust to returning to work and finishing off the school year. So for myself, that means a calendar. And for the month of June, I'm going to put a learning calendar together where students can choose different activities that they can complete through the entire month. So what I've been previously doing is putting out a weekly calendar of scheduled tasks that students can do Monday through Friday, which allows students to start work at the beginning of the week and hand it in the end. However, hearing from some of my parents and colleagues This might not necessarily be the best solution for going forward into June. So instead, I'm going to do a calendar. Now to keep that engaging, there's going to be a lot of things that I can add to this calendar that are going to keep students engaged because it's going to be part of the curriculum, but we can make it a little bit more fun and interactive. So while May and much of April focused on getting in some content as quickly as possible in the shortest amount of time, June is going to focus on how can we have a little bit of fun with the curriculum. So tonight's video, I want to share with you some of the trends and tips and ideas that I am either going to try or have tried that I think would be great to put on your own June calendar for learning. So if you are new to the show, thank you so much for joining us. And if you're catching us on the replay video on YouTube or through podcast, thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Patty, and I am a junior grade teacher here in Ontario, Canada, and I go live every single Monday night to talk to teachers just like you and talk about using inquiry-based teaching practices and all things that are impacting us in our daily lives as classroom teachers. So again, tonight we're going to be talking about what we're going to do for the month of June in our digital classrooms. So the first trend that I'm noticing a lot of right now is the Bitmoji Classroom. And I'll be honest, I actually find it a really a lot of fun. I am totally inspired by the countless number of teachers that have jumped on this bandwagon nice and early and are continuing to post their Bitmoji classrooms and ideas on Facebook and Instagram, as well as all of the other places online. 
The idea of having a virtual picture that represents your classroom that students can hang out in or they can still go and grab something from your classroom is such a great idea. I especially like the ones where students have added special little elements from the regular classroom into their digital one to make students feel like they're still a part of school. I have not yet made my Bitmoji classroom, but it is definitely on my to-do list to begin my June calendar of activities. I'll probably design my Bitmoji page as being the home page or the start page for students to participate in our online learning calendar. Bitmoji has made it really simple for Chrome users to be able to implement their Bitmoji into things like Google Slides or to be able to even download them as images for other programs. So I find that really helpful. And the fact that I can comment using my Bitmoji or the Memojis or Wemojis, I don't know, all of the Mojis that are out there has been really fun and has added a really cool virtual way to feel connected with other teachers and students um, during this time. So I will definitely be trying my own hand at making my own Bitmoji classroom. The other thing that I will be including in my calendar of activities are definitely going to be virtual field trips. The month of June traditionally in school is full of field trips and things that students will do. So having virtual field trips is a great option. I absolutely love the blog post written by my friend Nitu at Cinnamon's Classroom. She's outlined 10 amazing virtual field trips that are based in Ontario alone, which is great. And these include Include things like the Toronto Zoo, Bata Shoe Museum, Butterfly Conservatory, as well as parts of the city of Hamilton, which is going to be absolutely great for my students. So adding these activities allows students to still see parts of their world and their community, even if it's only through a virtual way. And when I think that one of the tours is actually for Canada's Wonderland, a virtual or a field trip that in real life we would not ever be going on in my classroom, it's kind of neat to think that at least we can go there together virtually. So I will definitely be adding those at least once every couple of days as a virtual field trip option so that students can go explore different parts of their world and their community. The other part of my calendar will be that there will be a lot of choice and flexibility and I'll do that through choice boards. So really my calendar is going to be a choice board with choice boards embedded into it. And the reason that I really want to use choice boards is I need added flexibility and I need the ability to differentiate. And when I implement choice boards, it allows students to select the best option that's going to work for themselves as learners. So we're going to be moving on in math with measurement and location and movement. So if we're looking at those concepts, if I'm giving them word problems that I would like them to complete for math, I want to give them options that go from low, medium, and hard in terms of complexity because I want students to be able to, that are struggling with the concept to do the easy one. I want students that maybe don't have it in them or aren't ready to do the hard one because school's just too much right now, I want to give them an easier option. And then I also want to give my students that are like super hungry for learning right now and want to do all the things, I want to make sure that they also have some tasks that push and challenge their thinking as well. While it might not be great for all of my students, I have 
a variety of options for most of my students to at least pick one or two, or for some of them, all of them, of those different task choice boards. The other, another topic that I'm going to be looking at is book projects. Now, last year in May, when we were still in the classroom, part of my Ignited Literacy program for that month was doing a book project. Now, this was a really engaging task for my students that they absolutely loved because it got them to create things based on their book by the end of their project. So looking at how we can integrate more projects into our June choice board where students can really get into something that they're doing is a great way to increase engagement. I know for my own kids, my daughter's been really interested in writing books right now and looking at how to draw videos. So this is something that she's really interested in. So a project that would allow her to show something that she's interested in doing and make what she already wants to do count towards schoolwork would be a great thing for, mm -hmm. I know her, but it would also be a great thing for many students who are just interested in kind of choose your own adventure type projects and maybe even genius hour type projects where they can explore different concepts that they might be interested in right now. Another activity that I've been starting to do based on math is because we've been doing probability and location and movement, these lend themselves really well to games. So I will still be implementing games through my choice board by giving them different games that they can play with their family. Sometimes we just need to take a break and have some time to play. So giving them options where they can play with their parents or play with their siblings while still doing learning is going to be a good option for students to be able to do right now. These are also the types of tasks that I'm doing during my live events lately. I will be integrating games into my live video chats with my students to teach them different concepts related to some of the math things that we're learning about, but we'll do it through the gamification of learning. So last week we played Yahtzee together, and this week we're playing Battleship. So these are great games that you can play where they can direct you on what you're doing or you can have them have their own game board through an interactive Google Google slide and you can be able to you're able to play with students based on based on the different concepts that you're teaching but being able to play a game with your students is definitely going to make that learning fun and encourage them to still come in and check with you because we are still required to be teaching our students right now. Another option for keeping learning really interesting right now is using Google Slides, but not simply just to add in text boxes and put in their answers, but using more interactive elements with Google Slides. Now, I've been hearing a lot about a Chrome extension for Google Slides called Pear Deck. Now, I'm not sure if I have access to Pear Deck, but it's definitely something that you can check out because it does give more interactivity to your Google Slides. And there are a ton of how-to videos on how to use Pear Deck with your Google Slides. If you don't have Pear Deck that allows for interactivity, just think of how you can get students to interact and move and manipulate elements on your Google Slides, such as images, text boxes, to do things like sorting or matching activities that allows them to show their learning while not always doing the same fill in the blank or answer this question type of activity. 
Another one that's very similar is if perhaps you're not using Google or you just want an alternative to Google is using Boom Cards. Boom Cards are digital flash cards that is hosted right on Boom Learning. One of the best parts about Boom Learning is I can track what students are doing. So I can see when they get a wrong answer. I can see when they get a right answer. Now that's through their paid membership, which is pretty cheap. But you can also do this with their free membership as well. So you don't have to pay anything to have your students use Boom Cards. However, if you want to track what they're doing, you will have to upgrade to one of their paid membership platforms. But Boom Cards is a great way for students to be able to learn concepts, share your knowledge with you, as well as looking at how you can teach and integrate new concepts and how you can teach new concepts or introduce new concepts through interactive flashcards. So on these flashcards, you can have students match, you can have them type in the right answer, or you can have them listen to some audio and answer a multiple choice question. All of these are options for you. Now you can make your own Boom Cards or you can buy them right there on Boom Cards. I have some Boom Cards for that I've used with my students that I've created that align with some of my digital products. Some of them are already included in my digital products and others are just sitting there on Boom because it's things that I have made. Now, one of the things we did recently in my classroom was finish up our speeches. Normally, February in the United Literacy Program is when we introduce speeches. We were a little late myself this year, so we didn't get them started until March. But because we stopped going to school, we stopped speeches midway through. My students asked that they be able to continue doing their speeches even while they're at home. Now, this was a bit of a head scratcher. How is that going to get students to do their speeches and be able to submit them and other people see their speeches in a way that wouldn't involve me needing to sit in a three hour long video conference while I sat and listened to each one of my students present their speech through a live video. So instead a colleague suggested why not use Flipgrid? Well Flipgrid is a great service that allows you to have a little home page of just your class and students can submit videos in response to a video assignment. So you create an assignment or you post a question and students can respond to your question in video. Now we were able to set up the time limit for our video to be three minutes. So students had to present their speech by recording themselves saying their speech. They had to record that on Flipgrid and post it for their classmates to see. From there, Flipgrid gives the users the ability to comment and like and respond to other people's video posts. It also allows teachers the ability to assign marks and integrates pretty well with both Microsoft and Google platforms. So if you would like to try speeches, then that would be a great tool to be able to get your kids to present their speeches without needing to all, always do those oral presentations through live uh, video classes. And finally, the last thing I'm going to be using is Google Forms. Now, Google Forms, you can make quizzes. Now, I'm not calling them quizzes for my students because I don't want them to think that they're doing tests, but you can give your students questions 
on Google Forms and they can have multiple choice answers. They can select one of the answers. Now you can set up Google Forms where you can tell Google Forms what the correct answer is. When students submit all of their answers, it will automatically mark it for them and then you can immediately release that to your students so they get instantaneous feedback on what it is that they are supposed to be learning or what they have done. And this is a great way for them to show that they've learned something while also not increasing your amount of marking because we are to be providing feedback so we don't have to increase our amount of marking because we're going to be busy writing report cards. Because we're going to be busy writing report cards. So I hope that I have given you some ideas of what you can do to make your own June calendar so that we can continue to keep students engaged in learning even though we are faced with a few challenges that seem a lot, maybe a lot more appealing than schoolwork right now, which is totally fine and totally normal. But if you go ahead and make your June calendar, I would love to hear about the different activities that you're including on your calendar. And once you have that done, since we are working on writing report cards, if you are in need of report card comments for Ontario grade four and five, I have those available to you and the link will be in the description above. Thank you so much for joining me and we will see you next week where we are continuing to talk about teaching in a digital world. Thank you so much. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Teaching with Inquiry live podcast replay. You can find the links, resources, and more information from today's episode at www.teachingwithinquiry.com. Don't forget, you can always catch this show live on Facebook every Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern on the Madly Learning Facebook page. See you next week for another replay episode of Teaching with Inquiry live.